Welcome back, everyone, for the second episode of Creativity Sense, a podcast around how creatives use their creativity as a sixth sense. My name is Guy, and I'm your host for this podcast. So I'm very excited today to introduce you guys to Annie Spratt. She's a community manager for Unsplash, and today she's here to share about her creativity and, how, and her approach to creating and taking awesome photos every day. She has some awesome insights on how to be a photographer and also how to break into this industry that is very challenging. So no further ado, here is the interview with Annie Spratt. So first, how how do I say your last name? I don't want to like just... Oh, Spratt. <laughs> okay, that's what I taught, but I was like, I don't want to oh, no. just like kill it. And like... <laughs> it's fine. Okay, cool. So just tell me a little bit about your background, your story, like how did you became a creative or like how do you start on the career? Okay, so I'm not one of these people who has always like always taken photos or always been super creative. Um, back when I was at school, I was heavily into like art, like far more than like maths and English. Um, and then I, I got married when I was 20 and I had a family. I had a very large family. I've got eight children. And so I only kind of moved into doing things creatively online. Probably about eight years ago, I just started a blog just as a kind of a creative outlet. Um, and from there, like blogging became more visual as like the world became more visual and I realized I had to up my game. So I just got a camera and started taking some great photos. Kind of before then, I was using Unsplash photos, <laughs> funnily enough. Hmm. And uh, so I just started to take my own photos. Um, I tried to, like, get involved in some ph photography communities. But I found as, as, a, as a new person coming in and as a woman as well, like there was very little help out there. It was a very much a industry of, you know, unless you learnt on film, you're not a photographer. It was, you know, what I kind of experienced when I kind of started off in photography was really negative and it very nearly put me off. Um, mm -hmm. And, but I mean, I still need to take photos for my blog. So I learned <laughs> um, over kind of, two, three years, I just kind of got sucked more and more into the photography side of things, kind of moving away from the blogging side of things. I like, I found something, um, I think so many creative people, um, like doing lots of different creative things, you know, like I like writing and I like drawing and I like designing things and I like taking photos, you know, I, ca I could do all of those things uh, like quite well if I had to, but photography was the one kind of area that like really drew me in and I got super keen on photography um I started sharing my photos on Unsplash um which is kind of to give back to a community that helped me when I first started blogging it's really mm. it's really strange it's like every day there's not a day that goes by when somebody doesn't email me and say you know, like, hey, oh, I'm so glad, I'm so glad my photos got featured. You know, I've been using, hmm. the, I've been using the site for years now, and I just thought it was time I gave back. And it's, it's just, I think that's the way that so many people start to get into photography. 
So uh, I've been using sharing my photos on the site for like a year or so. Um, and I saw Mikhail, one of the founders, tweet out to say they were looking for someone to manage the community. And at the time, it was to manage the social accounts for Unsplash and for Crew, what was then Crew. Um, mm-hmm. And so I literally dropped him an email. I just said, you know, hey, I'm Annie. You know, this is this is my blog. This is what I do. You know, I'm really keen on applying And from there, we just kind of went through the whole interview process, spoke to everybody. um, And then I kind of joined the community team. And at the time, it was very much just the social accounts. And then it kind of evolved very rapidly over kind of three months to like focusing solely on Unsplash and growing the community like in general. Um, and so the role just is, it's kind of an ever evolving role. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but now I, I mainly, I mainly just, uh, moderate the first, some of the photos that are coming in. So I look at a lot of photos is what I do nowadays. And I take a lot of photos. So photography is now pretty much my complete life at the moment. That that's awesome. I mean, um, just going back to like Unsplash, like what, I mean, you say you look a lot of photos. Like, do you guys literally look at every single one that it's sent it? I, I personally have a look okay. at, I mean, apart from when I'm on vacation, mm-hmm. I personally look at every single photo that's been submitted every day of the year, seven days a week. Um, mm-hmm. It's around 1,500 photos a day. So I look at, I, I see a lot. <laughs> I, I see, I see, a, yeah, I see a lot of photos. So, and I think, you know, one of those things about, you know, starting off in photography, one of the best things I think you can do is to look at a lot of photos, like whether it's on sites like Unsplash or Instagram or anything. I find that by looking at photos with a critical eye really improves your own photography because, you know, if you're looking at a photo in detail if you're looking for watermarks or spots or you know like really bad cropping where somebody's bottom is stuck in the corner of the photo and it hasn't been cropped out all of those things you know you take that away and you and you apply them to your own photos so kind of critically looking at photos is a uh, yeah it's really helped me yeah that's awesome i mean i use unsplash myself as well i mean i think i mean i started my account I know probably like two years ago, but I didn't start uploading until the like end of last year or something like that. I was just really afraid because it was like, oh my God, there's so many awesome photos in here. Like my photos are never going to get this good. And, and for my surprise, I actually got some featured ones. And so that was pretty cool. Yeah. I can just see it. I remember exactly the same feeling. I remember uploading a bunch of photos and I think one got, one got featured and then one got kind of curated and sent out and kind of suddenly appeared everywhere I looked on the internet and I was like oh this is amazing and at that point I was like that's the job I want I want to be the person that makes the other people feel really happy and it's, it's such a great job because because it, it feels really nice to be kind of championing other people who've got awesome yeah. talent so yeah it's really cool <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you kind of already answered my second question. It was like, what do you do? Like your job, your uh, hobbies or like side projects. Do you have any side projects? Oh, or like- so I've still, I mean, I've got my blog, but I very rarely kind of post on that now. Um, pretty much um, working at Unsplash is for, for me um, in my role is a seven days a week job. So I don't 
have time for many side projects. And I've kind of, I think most creatives have like lots of ideas and I always get ideas. And I used to like early on kind of creatively, I would act on every idea I had, like that was going to be the thing I put all my energy into. Um, and then I soon learned to kind of just kind of put every idea I had on a piece of paper, you know, and just kind of put that in the drawer and kind of come back to it. And if I still think that's great in six months time, then, you know, maybe I'll work on it. But I, I just find that I haven't got that time to kind of, kind of pour myself into, into other areas. Um, often as well, because the way the team on Unsplash works, um, if you have like ideas within the team, uh, everyone's really good at listening and like letting you kind of experiment and like run with things. So often a lot of like my side projects are like within my job. So mm. I could be like, oh, this would be really cool to do. So then I'll go mm. off and I'll just kind of work on that and, you know, and see where that goes. So, so I've kind of learned to kind of channel my energies kind of within, within the Unsplash umbrella because it's just, yeah, it's just easier, especially when you've got a family. <laughs> hmm. um, so, so, yeah, so my, my role at Unsplash, um, I'm a community manager along with my teammate, Andrew. Andrew covers um, a lot of all the social channels. And I do... Uh, a bulk of support. Usually if anyone's got a generic support question, they'll come through to me and I curate the photos that go on the home page. So all the new feed, which is now the home page. So so and then I mean there are other projects that we do along the way. Um but the biggest part of my role will be looking at the photos. That's usually like kind of four hours a day. Wow. So it's uh yeah. And it's like me trying to design a website and looking at Unsplash for four hours a day. Yeah, well. there's, I mean, there's, it's really tricky. There's a lot, a lot to consider when you're looking at the photos coming in. You know, there's, there's quality, but then there's mood. You know, some photos have got a mood, but they might not technically be brilliant. And then it's trying to keep, keep up to speed with like current trends and emerging trends in photography, you know, because sometimes there's a really fine line between like a genius out there creative photo And like some people could look at that and be like, what is that? That's that, that looks awful. So it's, it's such a kind of a, a huge, just ah, task <laughs> of trying to decide, you know, is this really great? Oh, it, yeah, it, it's a massive, 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 massive role in itself. And it's even things like the order the photos appear on the site. You know, thing, things like that. It's trying to make sure that, you know, you mix it up so you're not putting clashing colors next to each other. So it, it's kind of probably slightly more involved than you would first think. No, oh, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> photography is, a, is literally one of the most, for me, is one of the most difficult skills to master just because, I mean, it's a lot of practice, like you said. I mean, if you, you need to be looking at photos every day, to see what you know photographers out there are doing to see what you can take it or you, what you can you know improve based on their photos and stuff like that so i, I mean i understand that creating photos is probably a really hard job <laughs> to do okay so just like explain to uh, to our listeners or like a little bit of like how you got where you are today i mean I, you kind of already touched on it you pretty much emailed 
like um, is the CEO, he said, Mike. Yeah, and- yeah, Mikhail. Yeah, so we have, I mean, I've been part of the community for a while. Um, and, you know, over the over the last, since I've been there over the last few years, you know, we've hired, um, we've hired for community managers, you know, and I've been responsible for helping with our interviewing. Um, and one of the things that I, we see, I, I've, I've seen a lot of, of people kind of coming in, you know, applying for the job, wanting to get involved with working with the company, but they have absolutely like no idea what Unsplash is or like, you know, like they've never shared a photo on it. So they don't understand the community. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's for me being part of the community that I wanted to, I mean, I didn't know I wanted to work in Unsplash. I, I literally just saw it and was like, that's what I want to do. But I, I think if you're involved in actively involved in any kind of community or area that will help you get to where you want to be. That's, that's the main thing. I mean, it might look to a lot of people, you know, like someone takes a great photograph and, and, you know, like their photography career is launched and stuff, but behind that great photograph would have been a lot of work, other photographs, you know, there's the whole networking online, advancing yourself that way. So yeah, just, just being, in the community what got me kind of to where I am. That's cool. So now let's jump a little bit to, I mean, I'm calling stages. I don't know. It might change during the season <laughs> of the podcast, but right now I'm calling stages. Um, so on stage two, uh, it's more on like, you know, how specific do you take creativity uh, to create in your case photos, right? So, just to start, how do you start a new project? Like, what steps do you take when you're like approaching a photo or something like that? So I've got, I kind of come at things. There are two different ways that I go about things. Um, sometimes I go for a very practical way. You know, like I'll be looking at the search results for what people are looking for. So, for example, if I know lots of people are looking for makeup or we haven't got many photos of makeup on Unsplash, then I will be right. I'm going to be shooting photos of makeup and I will plan that. But most of the time, I tend to not plan photos very much. In my experience, if you kind of, if you arrange too much, you, there's, I find so much pressure to like get those perfect killer shots from like a shoot to the, mm-hmm. to the point where I'd rather just kind of be like, you know, get some friends together and be like, Hey, let's go, let's go out and do this. And then take photos of them doing that as opposed to being like, right guys, we're going here. You need to wear this. You need to stand there because the light's really good there. And this is what I'm after. So I just think it's about being kind of like open to change. It's, it's just about, yeah, it's, it's just kind of, I'm very free and easy when it comes to these things. I tend not to plan very much. Um, I tend to be more spontaneous. I feel like, especially if you're, if you want to produce photography that evokes a mood, you need to kind of be in the mood that you want to capture. So, so sometimes I could, I could might take quite dark and moody photos, usually in the summer, because I hate the summer. I hate the bright lights. I hate the I hate the sunshine. I'm not the sunshiny happy person. So like I will literally retreat into myself and take 
photos that you would associate with winter <laughs> in, <Yeah>. in summer, <laughs> for example. Um, and I, I do think, you know, like if, if you're going to be taking cheerful photos, you know, if, if you want lighter and airy photos of florals, for example, and, you know, you're going to, you're going to arrange some flowers and you, you know, you want these beautiful light photos, then, you know, you need to be in that happy light and happy mood. I just, yeah, I really do believe like the mood you're in will define the photos that you'll get for sure. And I feel like in the past, if I've ever been pressured because I've tried to arrange things too much, I feel like the stress like really shows in the photos and like photos that I would take just because I'm, I'm going out for a walk with the dog or, you know, we're going on holiday and I'm really relaxed on holiday and I'm just taking photos of what I'm seeing. Those photos will always be way better than anything I've planned. Hmm. It, it's kind of, it's, it's a really backwards thing for me, but I, yeah, not so much planning, I'm afraid. No, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's what all like, you know, what this podcast is all about it's creativity as a sixth sense. And right there, you just really explained that in, in some awesome words. I mean, you just really, feeling the photo pretty much and just taking photos and having fun doing it so where do you look for inspiration i mean besides looking at 500 photos a day for <laughs> splash uh i look i look at all different places um i look a lot at people who are like using the photos on unsplash you know like the, so when they come up in photo manipulations and stuff like that i find like that's like my inspiration, like block, like everybody gets a creative block at some point and I'm no different. So there'll be days when I just, you know, I can't think of anything I want to take a photo of. And the whole thought of taking a photo makes me feel, ugh. Um, and so what I tend to do then is I kind of move over into other areas of creativity that aren't photography. Um, so like reading a book, or I will do some illustration or I will like look on dribble and, and look and see, you know, like what designers are, des you know, like web design stuff. Like I look on like creative market at like the new fonts that are <laughs> being made. Like I'll look at pretty much anything apart from photography. Um, okay. I find that like, it's really easy to get sucked into the, Oh, this is really cool on Instagram at the moment. Or like, hey, everyone's doing this. Like a while ago, everything, all the blues suddenly turned like this shade of teal. And, and all yeah. the browns suddenly went kind of orange, right? And then all of a sudden, everyone had like a string of fairy lights, like over, <laughs> overlay on their photos. And at the moment, it's like um, a slightly scratchy overlay on Instagram seems to be like an undertone of trend. Um, so, so I feel like, If I go to somewhere like Instagram for inspiration, all I end up doing is creating more of what's already out there. And I don't think that's healthy to kind of, if you, if you want to get your own style and you want to develop a style so that when people see a photograph, they think it might be yours, then I would suggest not looking so much at what everybody else is doing and just look completely elsewhere. Like, go to an art gallery, read a book. Um, and it's the same for like, like other creatives, you know, like if you're a writer and you've got writer's block, then like, don't read books, you know, go, yeah. and, go and look at photos, you know, or listen to music, 
because like creativity is such a broad spectrum and very rarely do you find any creative who only likes doing one like slight slice of creativity like most people enjoy the bigger picture so I, I just find that you know just completely stepping outside from it gives me inspiration that's awesome I mean I think that's a very interesting point I personally I haven't thought about it <laughs> because like on photography you see a lot of people you know trying like you say trying to get inspired by doing what other photographers are doing out there and they're just making more of the same photos there's already out there um even on youtube you have those videos like oh uh, learn how to edit photos like andrew or like yeah. you know like yeah, yeah. like a bunch of those you know just trying to push people to make more i think it's i mean in my opinion it's interesting to see how they edit just so you understand the techniques oh absolutely and maybe, yeah maybe you can use that to create your own style like you say like if you want to people to know you by your photos you need to make your own style not be yeah and, I, and i've totally been sucked into the whole kind of kind of like what everybody else is doing you know should be kind of aligned to what i'm doing and i do find like generally if i try and go with a trend you know especially on something like instagram you know more people are going to like it but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to enjoy creating that content. Usually once I've posted something that I've kind of been kind of not sucked into producing, but heavily inspired by something like Instagram and then I'll post it on there and it will do really well, but I'll come away and I'll be like, mm. like, I won't be like, Oh, everybody loves that. I'll just be, I'll just <laughs> be thinking like everybody loves that, but that's not what I want to be doing. So isn't that, True. isn't that depressing? <laughs> so, so I'd almost rather not do, what everybody wants, you know, for the sake of everybody else, because I know I won't enjoy it at the end of the day. And ultimately it has a kind of a flip effect of like, I then feel really depressed because I'll be like, well, everybody likes that thing that I did because I thought that's what people want. <laughs> like more than they like the things that I do that I really like. And then I feel like, oh, and then you get down the whole comparison fatigue rabbit hole and it's, it's, it's not a good place. <laughs> yeah i think i think that's a really big challenge for creatives with you know the age of social media like do you want to create something because you like it or you need to create something that will you know people will like it just because they're used to see that one you know thing um, even with design is it's very hard i mean those days to design something new it's pretty much close to impossible and, and if you do you know clients will reject probably like 99% of the time just because they're not used to see, you know, the creative side. Yeah. Cool. So in, I don't know if this applies really to you based on what you just answered, but like in what moment do you stop and look, uh, stop to look and review like your photos or like I, projects? I tend to, I tend, because I take a lot of photos. I tend to mm -hmm. take my photos, edit my photos, put my photos out there and I rarely look back at them ever again. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like I might come up with like a new preset and go back and like re-edit some old photos, but I, I tend to, I tend to just put things, I've started doing lo loads of photo books, which sounds like such an old school thing to do, but um, like Artifact Uprising, I've started to like compile things together. So if I go away 
So I recently went to the Pharaohs for a week and I took a whole load of photos. And so when I came back, you know, once I edited them, once I put them on Unsplash, once I shared them, you know, I put them all in a book and now the book is on the shelf behind me. So, and I'm trying to do it like a seasonal thing so that I have a copy of my photos like in a lovely hardback book. And and that for me is kind of like the final review. That's the kind of, I've shared it with people. I've got my copy back and then I just kind of move on. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, okay. So who inspired or helped or guided you to get where you are right now? I think, I think everybody who's ever been in a, like an online community, like when I started blogging, for example, you know, I started like networking with other people online, arranging meetups like locally, like national meetups, just getting as involved as I could and speaking to other people. And, you know, you know, I grew my own network through blogging, like to a point where I could then apply for the position I'm in at Unsplash because I could prove that I could grow a community because I'd grown a community. And, and so like, I didn't even realize at the time that I was kind of pathing my way forward. Um, so, so like every, everybody who helped me with blogging and then everyone who's helped me with photography ever since, you know, like, um, I shot my first wedding recently and I was posting in the Unsplash Slack room, you know, like help guys, I'm post, you know, first wedding, you know, and it was for a friend and it wasn't like a paid thing. It was like a favor, but it was a really big deal because she was my best friend. And, you know, I wanted to know, you know, the shots that I should be getting and the questions I should be asking, you know, because at the end of the day, I wanted to produce some great photos that I could then use to market myself as an actual wedding photographer. And, and, uh -huh. and so, you know, like the amount of advice coming back to me was amazing uh, and it was kind of completely the polar opposite of, of the advice that I was looking you know the response when I first started looking for help with photography when it was very much well if you haven't started on film well if you don't shoot if you've never shot in black and white you will ever be able to shoot properly in color all of those kind of really negative kind of you know questions and responses that I had so eight years ago through like the kind of flicker kind of genre, you know, it's completely different now to, to you know, it's really opened things up. Everyone's kind of helping. So yeah, I just constantly, even if you're on Instagram and you're asking a question, you know, usually if you ask a question, if you're like people, I need help people, you know, step forward and help. So yeah, just any online community. Okay. That's cool. Do you think men, Mentoring is important for photography? Uh, to a degree. I think it depends on, on who's mentoring who and why you want them to mentor you. I think um, a lot of people aspire to be like certain photographers, um, whether it's like their editing style or, you know, just I think as well, a lot of, of, of kind of successful photographers, especially like on the Instagram kind of genre, it's kind of like, it's aspirational, you know, lots of people, I want to be traveling the world. <laughs> I want to be doing, hmm. I want to be like you, you know, and, yeah. and I feel like that in creative terms, I don't think that helps you kind of evolve on your own and develop a style. I mean, it could be a starting block and it could be like really good practical advice, but I think, 
you know, I mean, there's so many online courses you can take in terms of photography and, you know, organizing Lightroom and yeah. all of that sort of thing. Like there's almost, almost too much free content out there now. You know, I've often like looked things up on YouTube looking for a really easy tutorial only to be like overwhelmed with the amount of the the amount of videos available and you know I could spend an hour watching like a dozen and they're all completely like wrong or like not what I'm looking for or like it's got halfway it's got to the end and I'd be like but you haven't shared the one thing that you said you were going to share so so it can can be really really stressful I do yeah I, I definitely I definitely think there's a lot to be said for kind of giving yourself space away from everybody else to kind of develop your own style that's cool i like i like how you know you have a completely different approach from all the photographers that have been like looking um lately i mean you you literally take inspiration from everywhere and you you like to improve like yourself by your own and like i mean that's something really great and uh, a lot of designers doesn't really have or like photographers doesn't really i guess have that drive right now they really just want that easy um or how can i say that easy following like growing their followings really easily by just copying you know other photographers and not really putting the work to actually become a better photographer yeah and and, and people often especially you know like if it's online and people are looking to grow a following um because you know they believe it's going to bring them more opportunities and things like that what they often don't take into account are the hours and hours and hours that person is putting in on instagram for example you know commenting on other people's stuff and you know creating all the connections and you know like the meetups that these people are going to or the photo walks and there's so much more to kind of building, building yourself up that than just kind of posting a great photo, because I don't know about you, but I see it on Instagram all the time. I see people with 300 followers who are posting exceptional content, like just, you know, way better than some of the kind of 200, 300,000 followers. Um, and I do think it's a shame that, you know, like it's often talent is often overlooked for following that yeah that that's the that's the frustrating part for me i think as well but i think yeah i agree i think i think as well like going back to taking time you know for yourself and not getting too kind of hung up on what other people are doing i think like you can i could replicate someone else's style and produce you know similar content maybe even to a similar quality but that's not sustainable for me you know in an ideal world i'd be traveling the world and taking amazing photos from mountains and, you know, but at the end of the day, I am a mum and I have children and I have a job and, you know, like I have a greyhound and, you know, like, hmm. like, like I can't just go off traveling the world. And even if I could, you know, it would, ju- it would just be crazy. Like, so, so, so I just think if, if you kind of take inspiration from other people, but then kind of withdraw back and try and put your own slant on things, it's just, finding things that you can do that you know are going to be sustainable, especially in photography, because, you know, a lot of it is the content you're producing. You know, it's, it's going out, you know, it's traveling to places. It's sometimes it's about locations, you know, and once you get into like 
locations and models and things like that, then it ends up like costing you a lot of money, like financially. And yeah. unless you're making money from that or from somewhere else to support your photography, mm-hmm. it soon becomes like, you soon become more desperate because, you know, <laughs> like, I want to produce this great content, you know, to, to get to being a professional photographer where people will pay me. But in order to do that, you know, I need to produce a portfolio of work, which is going to cost me money, but I don't have money because, you know, I'm just starting out. And it, it's that kind of like, if you can come up with something that's sustainable that you can do kind of easily within like the location that you live in, it's just a lot easier. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I completely agree. I mean, I have some photos on, uh, that I put on Unsplash actually that it's like from the same location, but it's like just different seasons. And you can see there's a completely different photo just because, you know, the, the changing, of course, but also I was just trying to take the same photo in different angles and see what I could come up with it. And I mean, it's just, it's just, I guess, the way that you look at something and the way that you really want to approach your improvement or if you want to do it for yourself, really. I mean, that's the main point. Okay, so I guess we're going to go to the last stage now. Um, I took a little bit of your time. Sorry that we're going a little over. You're good. You're good. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So what tips do you have for like new creatives trying to break into the the industry? I mean, I know you already kind of on stage two, you kind (laughs) of went through some like really nice and great points. Um, But like, what are like maybe your top two or three that you really think is important? I think the main thing is to be, be different. Um, we see a lot of the same photos everywhere. Um, for example, there's that like iconic Yosemite Valley photo of the person stood on the ledge, you know, at golden hour. Um, and it's an iconically amazing photo, pretty much like every photo ever taken of Iceland. You know, it's like mm. we're, we're used to these iconic photos. And there was a time when they first started coming out that everybody was like, wow. But now people are kind of used to them. Like, the quality has gone up so much that people are just don't appreciate quality as much as they used to appreciate quality. And I think if you can come out with a different angle or even just put some work out there that's different, it will get noticed much quicker. So Ian Dooley on Unsplash is a classic example. He um, submitted a photo and it was this, it's basically a woman behind what looks like a giant sheet of pink card And it's ripped and you can just see her mouth popping through. And it was just bright pink. And there was this mouth and it was just, and I was just like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) I was like, I've not seen anything like this, which is like, oh, you know, and, and, and that went absolutely viral because people were like, whoa, that's different. Like, first of all, it's pink, right? It's just bright pink. (laughs) Like, like, you know, like you can't really see a face. You can see a mouth. And it was just like, and there was so much, and it's one of those things, there was like so much blank space on that picture that it could be used so many ways, and it was, you know, and and if you can come out with something, and it doesn't have to be your entire style, but if you can come up with like, like a small set of photos that are just not like anything anybody else is doing, and you can just put it out there and get that kind of traction behind it, then that is amazing, because people will be like, 
whoa, I haven't seen anything like that before. And then off the back of those photos, he was hired straight away to shoot for a clothing brand. And, you know, oh, and, wow, then, he got, and, you know, and then he had his, and, and he was very honest. He was like, you know, like, Hey, you know, I want to get hired, you know, how can I get hired? And you're just like, well, just, you know, put great stuff out there and just see what, you know, see what takes. And people just reacted to that. And I think it was because it was different. Often you see like, now there's a lot of neon photos out there, but when neon first started coming out or like when the fairy light kind of bokey first started coming out, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody was like, wow, that's amazing. And it catapulted a few people to, you know, like huge success because like, they started something. So I think going back to the not trying to get too strung up on copying what other people are doing, just just play around and experiment and see what happens. But if you could if you can get a new slant on things that people haven't seen before or, you know, hasn't been done much before, then I think that catches people's attention way more than a beautiful landscape will. There you go. That, that's my advice <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah like shock people that the way they were yeah it was just like know you know you. like it was it wasn't like you know it was just like wow that that's different you know <laughs> it's you know it's shot beautifully like it's great but it's different and and that is like the creativity and you're seeing far more creativity coming through with photography now, especially like submissions and unsplash like people are really pushing the boat with like long exposures and And like, there's one lady who like layers flowers between layers of glass and then shoots down. And the effect is kind of like, it looks like a watercolor, but it's a photo. But like, that really blew my mind. And like, (laughs) that always sticks in my mind as like a great example of someone just like experimenting, being creative, coming up with something. And everyone's like, whoa, you know, and if I ever saw that anywhere else again, I would be like, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so. And I think like, if you're the first person who can come out and do something new, you know, you're going to be remembered as that first person who started that. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And so just my last question, uh, what are some of your favorite resources for creativity? I mean, you did say, you know, Dribble and Splash, of course, and like some other ones, but what's your favorite one? Ooh, so, ooh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I really like um, Fuji Feed. Sam Zeller has got he built a really great uh, community around Fuji film photography because there wasn't a very good community. He's a great mm-hmm. he's a great example of someone breaking into the industry, doing really well because you know he saw that there wasn't a great community around this thing, and so he built one. So you know, perfect. Um, so here's Fuji Feed just because it kind of showcases all sorts of photos. Um, and I quite like watching videos as well. Uh, cover.co with two R's at the end of the cover. They do videos, free videos like Unsplash. Okay. That's really cool. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's about it, really. In terms of inspiration resources, practical resources, Lightroom, um, Slack and Trello, Newton for email, and Om Writer for writing. Okay. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, that's not a question that was written down, but I, I was just curious, what 
what is your camera? Do you shoot on Fuji? No, I shoot on Sony. Okay. So I, I was on Fuji and then I upgraded and I was on Nikon. And then I started noticing some great photos coming from people with Fuji cameras. And like, I wouldn't ever recommend that anyone buys a camera based on what other people are taking photos of. However, <laughs> I looked into it and I realized that I could have a camera that took like the quality be twice as good as my Nikon. And I, I had a good Nikon. Um, so it would take, the quality would be like nearly twice as good. And the price was the same. So I part exchanged mm -hmm. my Nikon in for basically a camera that was the, the same price, um, but Sony and lenses and whatnot. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. And also it's like a third of the weight. So like some of those old like Nikon ones, like I'd walk into a room with the Nikon and people would be like, oh, professional, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you obviously know what you're doing. And I'm like, no, I don't. But anyway, <laughs> but, but with the Sony, like you walk into a room with a camera that's better than the Nikon camera and nobody bats an eyelid and it's amazing. And it's got a silent shutter. So no one even knows I'm taking a photo when I take a photo, which is perfect for me. So, <laughs> so like you, yeah. you don't scare wildlife or freak people out on the street if you're trying to get a sneaky street photography shot. Yeah. So I just, I just can't recommend it enough. So if you have a silent shutter, do you have like the A7S or A7R series? Yeah, the A7R II or II, however you want, okay. however it's pronounced. <laughs> okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Sony cameras too. That's what I have, but I, I don't have the R series I just or S series. I have a very simple A6000 just for fun right now. So. Yeah, the only the only thing that really drives me mad is it hasn't. It's got like um, an electronic viewfinder and, like, yeah. and I find that so annoying coming from like <laughs> Nikon where I essentially I would be seeing with my eye exactly what I was taking a photo of. I'm looking at it slightly through an electronic screen and it does bother me, but the results are much better. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you can actually see the when you change your like, you know, ISO and stuff like that, you can actually see the difference on there, right? Be yeah. Because on an icon you couldn't see it's just like a you're pretty much looking through glass right? yeah so. exactly um but i mean i went through a phase where i was desperate for a medium format camera and i looked into like the <laughs> like the, the cheapest one which was like i think it was about eight thousand pounds just for the body you know and that oh, wasn't wow. a lens you know and that was really cheap for medium format and you know <laughs> and i was like oh but the quality's great and then i i was talking to um a wedding photographer i was at a wedding And, you know, he was shooting with Nikon and we were chatting and I was saying, oh, you know, like I'm desperate to get this medium format camera. And he was like, but you've got to understand, like, you only want that because you study photos a lot and because you look at them really closely and you can tell like the quality. But like for the average person, you know, like, the person who's going to pay you to do their wedding photos, they're not going to notice that difference. Like yeah. they, they, it's really like they're not going to notice the difference in camera like the quality at all, unless they really, really look and they really know. So I was like, oh, yeah, actually, maybe maybe I don't need to, you know, remortgage my house for this camera. Um, <laughs> and also I think it's really interesting. There's been like a few more like analog film camera people submitting photos recently on Unsplash. And they're amazing. 
And some, I was speaking to one woman and she was like, yeah, I just use this like $20 camera that I got off eBay and, and her photos, you know, they're on, they're, they're straight on the homepage. They're beautiful. And, you know, and there are lots of people with like cameras that are thousands of pounds, you know, trying to emulate the film effect in Lightroom afterwards. And it's just coming straight out of this $20 camera. So I did. That's awesome. It's just, it's just ending on that kind of like, don't get sucked into the fancy camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's more like what I tell some people that are like, you know, I'm not a big photographer. I mean, at all. I mean. I have some pictures on Unsplash and on my Instagram is kind of like a mix of just what I like, really. Like I was taking photos of, you know, outdoorsy photos and stuff like that. And then two weeks ago, I got invited to take some photos at a wakeboard uh, park here in where I live. And I was like, eh, it's not what I usually do, action photos. So, well, why not try? So I just went and tried. So it was pretty cool. But like people now ask me, like, what camera should I start or something like that it was like really just you can start with like a like you said just a twenty dollars a hundred dollar camera yeah and just really get comfortable with it and you can get some amazing shots you know i hear i hear a lot of kind of you know what kind of camera do i need to take to be able to take that photo and i'm like well you know the camera is only a very small part of what made that photo that photo you know Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it is the eye of the person taking the photo, you know, and you can't buy that eye exactly. <laughs> unless you're on some really dodgy black market. But like, you know, you can, <laughs> it, it is kind of, there's, there's way more to it than, you know, like the presets or the camera. And it's really easy to get sucked into like all of the whistles and bells of photography. But, you know, what it comes down to is, is kind of the more photos you take, the more attention that you pay to what's around you, you know, the more you can train your eye, the better photos you can take. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think photography helps you with like a lot of like, you know, um, perspective of your surroundings as well. Just like you said, because like since I started taking photos to actually post on Unsplash and like just, you know, for my personal you know, liking, I see light lighting in a different way like sometimes i'm like just driving around and i see this like sunlight hitting this grass i was like oh my god this like, <laughs> it looks so good like yeah. and it's just like grass there's nothing else it's just like looks really nice and yeah it's just... i have i have a 10 year old daughter and she often be like mommy look at the light over there the light look at the light because <laughs> <laughs> i've been walking around over there and i'm like oh you know look at the light over there and she's kind of like suddenly started paying attention. So hopefully she's going to be like a future genius photographer. Um, but I also as well, like just taking photos, I take a lot of photos like in the countryside and nature and stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, anyone can take a nice styled flat lay photo. If you put enough beautiful things in front of the camera, you'll take a beautiful photo. But sometimes, yeah. you know, if you're walking around the countryside and it's like November and pretty much everything is brown, you know, you have to look really hard at little details, you know, to find the dew drops, to find the light, to find the shapes, because things don't just jump out at you and be like, hey, I'm beautiful. Take a photo of me. You know, you've really got to look hard. And so, like, yeah, nature's a really big part of helping, helping me anyway, kind of appreciate and spot these little things. Yeah, I can definitely see that on your photos. You, your landscape photos are like so, I mean so inspiring like you have some great photos and like unsplash that i have seen and even on instagram i follow on instagram and i see some like of your shots and it's like 
it's really great. It was like one day I'll get there. Yeah. That quality. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Honestly, <laughs> I'm so glad you can't look or like log into my Facebook account and see like the four years ago you posted this photo because <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, what the heck, Annie? Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's great. Well. So I'll not take any more of your time. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast and being the first one uh, to allow me to interview. Um, you had some amazing, you know, points and you answered like some, the questions, fantastic. I, I really appreciate. I think people will really learn a lot from the way that you just spoke about how being a, a creative photographer and how to improve their, like, you know, your skills and, and stuff like that. So thank you so much once again. Thank you for having me. Yep. So do you want to let everyone where to find you on Instagram or um, Ooh, yeah. Facebook? Yep. I am Annie Spratt pretty much everywhere. So A-N-N-I-E-S-P-R-A-T-T. There you go. Um, and I'm so. Annie Spratt on Unsplash. And my website is AnnieSpratt.com. It's very simple. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good i also put on the descriptions for everyone as well awesome. sweet thank you, thank you. once again